Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Everybody, it is the Steve Jones Show as we start a new week here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And, of course, every Monday show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, auto, life, business, all your insurance needs ready to protect what matters most and all available at our friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, and at purdyinsurance.com. <laughs> what a kind of a strange way to start the the week here in sports with what broke over the afternoon yesterday with Medina Spirit now in danger of being stripped of the Kentucky Derby win because of a positive drug test for the steroid bethamethasone which is sometimes used to treat pain and inflammation in horses and Bob Baffert of course and he said this yesterday He said this today, if you were listening to WKOK earlier on on the Dan Patrick show, that he doesn't know how this happened. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this. Now, I I think there's fault on both sides here. The more I've read and the more I've heard about drug issues in horse racing and all the different inconsistencies, one state has different regulations than the other. I can get that to a certain extent, but I just know this from baseball, when we've had all the steroid issues in baseball, if somebody's denying it, say, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know this, or, you know, oh, I was just trying to do this, stop. You know what you were doing. I, I, so I don't buy that argument from him for a second that he didn't know that he was taking this or he doesn't know how it happened. Because then he goes into, oh, well, I, I've made some mistakes in the past. Oh, we've, you know, I've been a little sloppy at first. Well, it, it, there you go. <laughs> that, that should just explain it all right there. Sloppy is one thing, but even if you are, that's just irresponsibility on your part for something like this to happen. Anything like that can happen if you're just irresponsible. But 
anytime you have many different people like Bob does working on these different horses, who knows what? And you got to know what's going on. And I'm sure he would know what's going on. How can you not with all the money that's invested in horse racing? I just don't buy that argument for a split second. So I, I, I definitely think he's trying to cover this up. I think he might be guilty of this. It seems pretty clear at this point. So that's the Bob Baffert side of things here, where I think he is totally doesn't have much of an argument, considering his past and considering what he's using as an argument now. However, this does bring up that horse racing, I guess, hasn't really fixed. I don't have much of a background on this. I'm just going by what I've seen and read over the last several days since this has all come up is, first of all, I think, I don't know why, maybe Steve can shed some more light on this, and we'll have Lafitte Pinkai from NBC Today at 435 with more on this issue. But I just, I don't know why you can't have anything universal when it comes to drug testing rules, why every state has to be different. So that's one thing. Secondly, is why it only took a week for this drug test to come back. (laughs) But now we have to wait three weeks, Steve, to find out the second result and therefore complicating should this horse be allowed to race this weekend in the Preakness. That that part of it makes no sense to me. Let him race. Let him race. Go for it. Come on. Have some fun. Everybody, every, everybody, let's 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 reduce this to exactly the only question the suit had, and the suit only had one question, and it was very simple. He says, "Well, what if I bet on the other horse?" No, it's, it does no. <laughs> and you keep it's, your money if you bet on the horse. That that has been said yeah, too. Yeah, you get to keep keep the cash. We're all good. Uh, it's just a question now of whether they get to keep the winner's purse of one point eight six million. Uh, along the way. It is a very interesting uh, scenario, which we'll talk to Lafitte about in an hour and a half here, because it's not as if this hasn't happened with Bob Baffert before, but what's interesting about him is that before he's admitted it, This time he's saying, uh, we didn't give him that. So I don't know what to make of that. Because I was saying earlier, Steve, I don't buy it. I don't I'm buy saying, it one bit. I, if he had always denied it all the other times, that's my point. My point is, it's not like as if he's always denied it. He's always been like, you know... You know, there have been times where he's admitted that they, you know what, yeah, we did it, and we thought it'd be out of the system by then, but whatever. This time he's saying, like, there's something screwy here. And I don't think anybody knows what to believe. I don't think anybody knows what to believe about it. I mean, you certainly have to be a cynic about it. There's no getting around it. I mean, you do have to be cynical about it. And it's interesting, the only other horse that's ever been disqualified at the Kentucky Derby uh, on a drug violation, you know, the winner. I'm talking about the winner. And that would be Dancer's Image. And, I, you know, this goes back to when I was a kid. 
it was a big deal when I was a kid that the horse won because the owner was from Boston. Big car dealer up there named Peter Fuller. He was the owner of the horse. And the horse got disqualified. Forward pass got moved up and was declared the winner. And Dancer's Image did race the Preakness and finished third. But then also got disqualified because of a bumping incident. Got moved back to eighth. Forward pass won that one too. Then forward pass lost in the uh, Belmont Stakes. But uh, that's the only other time that it's happened to the winner of the Kentucky Derby. There is no nationalization on this. This is all being done in a state-by-state basis. Now, I'm not saying that there needs to be federal legislation. I'm not saying that. Uh, now, I'm for federal le- legislation on name, image, and likeness because I think you need to have something that's uniform uh, across the board. Right now, you're going to have five states on name, image, and likeness go into effect on um, on July 1st. And that's going to provide a tremendous recruiting advantage for those five states compared to everybody else. That's why you need some nationalization of it. When I say nationalization in horse racing, all the racing commissions need to come together and come up like, hey, look, here are the rules. And the racing commissions have to do that. That was also part of my argument from earlier, too. You can't have different states trying to do different things. It needs to be universal. And that's something Dick and I have talked about in this show many, many times. Many times we've talked about that, that you need to have something that is universal among the racing commissions. And I think that is important to have. But we'll talk to Lafitte about that in the next hour. Because, the only, I mean, the only thing that, that I, I, I guess the suit had put, like, big money on mandolin. And it's like, F-O-U-L-E-G, that spells to be honest with you, we've been trying to tell him that no. It... <sighs> He's been in a relatively good mood today, so I figured he didn't—he didn't lose too much, or he won something. Always go for the latter. <laughs> Always go with him. It's always go go for the latter. He, How's everybody doing? What do you want? <laughs> Just, you've been around me when I've been there. He'll go, how are you? I'll go, what do you want? <laughs> you've been there when I've done it. Oh, oh yeah. I don't want anything. I, yeah, you do. <laughs> you, sir, are my hero. <laughs> Just the way it is. The fact of life. Okay, I also came up with, and I I should have brought this up last week on Tom Wilson, another one of your big, I mean, you're, you get get worked up about so many things. (laughs) Tell me, tell tell me I'm not lying. You're you're not lying. (laughs) You get worked up about a lot of things. Okay. So. 
And I forgot to bring this up because it's something I have brought up many, many times in my career. So uh, many of the things that I talk about today are things that I've talked about before. It's, it's not new. Okay, Things don't change as much as you think they do. Panarin was the guy that was hurt for the uh, Rangers, correct? Correct. Yeah. So this is how I look at it and have always looked at it. All right? Very simply, the player should be suspended for every because Panarin's been out, right? Yes, I, I don't believe he's returned yet. Okay, a player should be suspended for every game that the guy that got hurt in the altercation is out, plus two games. You seem confused by that kind of. No, that's a good start good start it's the only solution what's your solution you just want you just you just want to put them in the stocks <laughs> I, I i think i think a suspension should warrant what happened if it's well, a, if mean. it's like a if, if it's like, if it's a guy that's like a once in a while whatever i think i think that'd be a good rule but if it's a repeat offender then i think it needs to be more serious as you keep offending when it comes to a point like tom wilson it's time to say see ya See you later. Yeah, but, Goodbye. But again, I can't have somebody such as yourself that is constantly consumed by hate <laughs> be in charge of discipline. I'm not asking for much. I'm just saying well, no, don't, don't I'm just saying don't be a dirty player. Don't make don't make stupid decisions. Just play the game the way it's supposed to be played. I'm just thinking Years down the road, if little Luke runs into a little problem, I mean, I can see, I can see him out there right now. Lisa saying, "Look, does he have to go on and clean the road again today? <laughs> He's gonna pick up garbage every single road in the county." <laughs> just, I'm just thinking of your child. I have concerns. Because, I mean, you want to discipline everything. You want to discipline everybody. <laughs> I'm just concerned he's going to be a victim of this passion of yours. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Great to see Steve Engel last week, my friend, as we continue here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. <laughs> I think a lot of them were just uh, mistakes like this is from 1971. You know, down the road, I used to be a little sloppy and there were overages. They weren't nothing really uh, serious. Well, it's a game that uh, horse racing is a game. There's a lot of stress put on the animals, but you know what? It, it, we're at a point now in sports where I, people have had enough of some of this stuff. I don't care whether it's uh, Alex Rodriguez, Marion Jones, uh, Barry Bonds, you know, accusations all over the place. I mean, people look at stuff now and they're like, oh, what the heck? Why'd you have to do that now? What's odd about this is that he is, he is adamant that they didn't give the horse anything. I have no idea. 
So they're, they're going to retest them. It's going to take three weeks. Hey, look, the horse is going to run this week in the Preakness. And, and needless to say, Matt wants the horse to finish last. <laughs> well, see, I'm kind of conflicted on this because, first of all, what needs to be changed here and apparently there's many things that have to be changed with horse racing as far as the this drug issue is concerned. But it shouldn't take one week to get the first test and then three weeks to get the second test. That's absurd. Uh, well, okay. Are, am I missing something here? How long, is it, how long does it take to get back? You know, let's, let's go down to the show on the mark. They would talk about stuff like this. How long, whenever anything comes back, how long does it take to get the, the work back on anything? Let's just take something as simple as, as Tiger Woods. How long does it take to get, get the, uh, the uh, numbers back on the testing that was done on him? It takes weeks. Happens all the time. You do news. I mean, I'm just right. a dumb sports guy. I'm just a dumb sports guy. I mean, no, I well, yeah, know. I mean, if it's just the one thing like Tiger, that that's one thing. But no, I'm but, saying but, you, you get the first test back in a week. Why does it take another three weeks to get the same? Aren't you repeating the same process? Uh, not really. This is more extensive. That's why. Okay. This is a full, this is a full workup. Because so, all these situations are different. That's That's why I was just curious. Yeah, this is a full workup. That's why. Okay. And because it's a full workup, it takes longer. That's why you see all the time and anything that happens. Um, let's take just a, a, a car accident. You do news all the time where they'll tell you how much time it's going to take to get the work back. Right. Like, uh, um, uh, uh, on drugs in the system of the, of the individual. It right, whether it's weeks. a blood test or anything like that. Right, right yeah. Right, it takes weeks. Well, that's what this is. Okay. It's just horrible the sports guys to, like, you know, come up with this stuff. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home Life Business, they'll take care of all your insurance needs. Maybe they'll do it in bundles. I mean, but they'll do whatever they can to save you money as well as making sure that you are absolutely insured. They're the best in the business. Great people. Just do a great job. Is all at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. From sales to service, they're the best. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, it's 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Did you see some of the track over the weekend in Tokyo? Uh, the Olympics, it's interesting. Japan has not been able to, there's no country in the world that is vaccinated at the pace that we have. 
not even close. And that includes Japan, which is where the Olympics will be. And here we are coming up on, when do they start? July 23rd? Does that sound right? I think so, yeah. So at this point, we're 74 days away from the start of the Olympics. There's a gigantic calendar in the corner office. (laughs) Just Xing out the days until it begins. Uh, And this weekend, they had track. And Gatlin, who was just, I mean, he is just a fabulous 100-meter well, they run the 100 meters. He says it was like running. There's no fans. So they had false crowd noise. They had music playing as they rushed them off the track. He said it was like running at a trial. And it was odd running with nobody there. There's nothing spurring you on. They're not going to have fans at this. I think when it's all said and done, that's if they can do it. Now, when you look at the numbers in Japan, the numbers in Japan, everything's relative, and it's what they think is important. But... They're not. For example, the numbers in Michigan have been greater than the numbers in in certain sectors of Japan. But in Osaka and Tokyo, those are two areas where... um, the Olympics will take place, and that's where a lot of cases happen to be. I think they're going to have them. I would think, and I know I've said this before, but I'll stick with it. The Olympic Games will be in Beijing for the Winter Olympics next February. And the only guy in the building that will watch will be the soup. I mean, so. I'll watch. We got it. Yeah, well, I'm, hopefully I'll have a lot of games scheduled during that time. All right, so, um, <laughs> Come on now. Just, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. And then in 24, they're in Paris Summer Games. 26 in Milan, Italy for the Winter Games. 28 Los Angeles. Now, they haven't determined 30 or 32 yet. I... My opinion is I think they probably should give Tokyo another shot in 2032 where they're going to have fans. I mean, they already have the facilities in place, right? No need to build it. They may have to update something along the way. I remember, when, I remember when Boston was attempting to go after the Olympics. Uh, 
and they were going after the U.S. bid. And they finally had a group that said, well, what are we doing this for, all this money? And they were right. At least I thought they were right. And the suit's big argument was, oh, the prestige of it. I said, look, we built a velodrome. Okay, the Olympics are over. Now what do we do with it? What do you do with it? I mean, you know what they did in Pyongyang with the Olympic Stadium? Yeah, it wasn't pretty from I remember. No, a month later they tore it down. Yeah. But some countries just, like, let it rot away and really don't even touch it. Because there's nothing to do with it, okay? There's nothing you can do with it. In Lake Placid, they have done a great job in Lake Placid, New York, which last hosted the Olympics in 1980. They have done a great job of Whiteface Mountain. They've done a great job with the bobsled and skeleton and all the training facilities up there. They've kept it as a training facility. So they've been able to do that. But most places, I'll never forget, 1990, I am, I'm the third guy on the network, Bill Zimfer. And by the way, I, you know, I always talk about the great lineage of announcers of, of Penn State football. Bill Zimfer was outstanding when he was here at Penn State. And Bill ended up getting the Miami Dolphins job, and that's what opened up things. Eventually, Fran came back, then, then it was me. Bill Zim- so I was working with Bill Zimfer and George Paterno. And Bill was just a great guy to work with, great guy off the air, and a fabulous announcer. So I want to make sure I don't mention Bill often enough when I talk about you know some of the people that have worked here. And that, that's, that's on me because I have nothing but the highest regard for him. And we go out to Los Angeles, and we're at the Coliseum. And of course, the track that time, at that time was still in the Coliseum. I remember walking on the track, and I'm thinking, man, six years ago, this is where Carl Lewis won four Olympic gold medals. You know, I'm walking on the track. And um, and I made sure that, like, when I was talking to the suit, I made sure he knew I walked on the track where Carl Lewis, because it just, it just makes him mad. Uh, so <laughs> and so, but you looked out the back of the press box, And that's where the Olympic swimming pool happens to be. And all those records that were set in that Olympic swimming pool in 1984. And Matt, that thing was falling apart at that time. Now, I know they eventually put some money back into it, and now it's in better shape. But six years after the Olympics, I'm I'm looking at the back thinking, that can't be the same pool. And it's like, it, it was. Like, wow. Because money has to go other places for other things. Just can't keep pouring money into something that's not going to get you anywhere or get the community anything. I mean, the Coliseum was still being used, you know, obviously by USC. Okay, so the Coliseum's always being used. Yeah, I don't care whether it's soccer or usc football whatever it may be so the coliseum's always used but the other stuff no the other stuff's not used you know again they finally it it took a, a few years but they finally got the pool reshaped but i remember looking at, i was taken aback at, at what bad shape it was in six years after afterward because you need money for other things. Sarajevo, obviously, was a, was a casualty of war. 
that was going on there. I mean, it, all the all the stuff they had in Sarajevo for the '84 Winter Games. Because they used to have the Winter and Summer Olympics all in the same year. They didn't they didn't start breaking it up until '94 uh, when you know I think what '92 was Barcelona for the summer and the winter was in Albertville, France. I think it wasn't until they split them up in '94 and went to Lillehammer. In Norway, they started splitting up. So Lillehammer was 94, Atlanta with Summer Games 96, and then they went from there. Um, I know you're like, how do I remember such stupid things? But it's, it makes it easier to add lib when you do. Uh, so, <laughs> so that was a casualty of, 84 is a casualty of war in Sarajevo. I don't really know what became of the Calgary Olympic stuff. But there's so much stuff that's specific for what you want to do. What do you use it for after that? Like I said, Boston, let's build a velodrome. Now what do we do with it? Okay. Great. We have a yeah, we have a bobsled run. Now what do we do with it? What do you do with it? And who's going to pay to keep it up? And, and that's the risk you run if you're the Olympics here, if you give Tokyo another Olympics, like in 2030, 2032. That's almost, that's pretty much a decade, a little over a decade yeah, for that to can, sit there. You, but I think there would be a country that yeah. would use it. Yeah, but you, you can keep, with the idea you're going to get in 2032, you keep the upkeep of everything. Okay? And, you know, and, and it is a, a country that loves its sports, so the Olympic Stadium would get used. Um, I think the ability to keep the upkeep of it would reduce the cost of how much it would, it would cost you to, to put the games back on in 2032. Instead of going someplace and building it up. Here's the other part. I mean, how many people want it? That's another element. I'll tell you who keeps bidding for things and gets nothing. Literally, I'm not kidding about this. It's Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan keeps bidding for everything. Women's World Cup 2015, Canada got it. Okay? Who'd they beat out? Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan pulled out at the end. So Canada got it by default. When Beijing got the Olympics... Oslo was thought to be the clear favorite. Oslo pulled out. Who did they beat out to get it? Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan bids for everything. They keep trying. They keep trying. But they don't get it. But again, it's the amount. Look, so often you bid for this, you're like, you're seven years out. What you think, let's just take any project you're doing right now. Okay, so let's take something simple, all right? Let's take something simple. Someone in Turbotville needs a new roof, right? Well, they're getting bids on roofing. If they get the roof done now, it's probably going to cost less than when they put the roof in a year from now, right? Because of the way inflation is. And inflation's getting worse by the hour. That's just a year. 
when these people bid on these Olympic Games, they're, they're putting bids together eight years out with the idea the envelope's going to be unsealed in seven years before they get to it. When they finally get around to building stuff, it costs so much more than when they put the bid in. The way it is. And that's one of the problems with the Olympics. You, you, you need the lead time to build it up. But by the time you actually do physically build whatever you need, which you're trying to make as modern as possible, it costs exponentially more money, and you end up with a loss. So I would go back to 84. Peter Ubroth saved the Olympic movement. And Peter Ubroth was able to get the idea of all these sponsors involved. And instead of having the state of California and the city of Los Angeles pay, they got sponsors to do it. Look, the 2002 Winter Games in Salt Lake City were in deep financial trouble. And to the credit, you know, whether you like his politics or not is irrelevant. But to the credit of Mitt Romney, he stepped in and financially saved the thing because he came up with ideas to save it. They're expensive. At least in this case with Tokyo, they have everything ready to go now. They're going to take an absolute financial bath out of this. But 11 years from now, they could host it again with the idea that they can keep most of this stuff in place. That would be a purpose of keeping it in place. I mean, I realize the suit is trying to get a velodrome for Danville. But there's, there's eight people in the city that know what to do with it. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells Falta! And that would be one of them that would know. Doug would know. All right. Well, Steve Pinkai is going to join us final half hour today. One of the last things we'd be talking about, I ever thought we'd be talking about, would be drugs with a horse. <laughs> I... Yeah. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. But here we are. <laughs> hey, by the way, already four no-hitters this year in Major League Baseball and a fifth one that went seven innings. Holy mackerel. Does anybody know how to shorten their swing and hit with, with two strikes? Anybody? I'll tell you who does. You want to know who does? You watch this guy play. And you watch him play all the time. You know what? You, you ever okay, watch this guy hit with two strikes. He shortened his swing, and he gets the ball in play. It's Bryce Harper. I mean, nobody in the Yankees does. I mean, they're all just all about launch angle, stats, money. Yeah, it's you know, it's the way it is. Uh, honestly, I mean, honestly, you're not wrong. I mean, and then I watched the, when, the, when the Yankees play at a National League team, pitchers are the same way. They all are in the launch angle. All right, we'll come back. <laughs> They're just missing. We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you on today. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Life on the water comes in all shapes and sizes. From a fishing boat or pontoon boat to a jet ski, we keep you protected. This is Season from Purdy Insurance. We can help make your time on the water relaxed and worry-free with comprehensive protection for you, your friends and family, and your watercraft and boating equipment. We're independent and local, and we'll find the right boating insurance to fit your needs. 
Call our Sunbury office at 570-286-5855 or go to purdyinsurance.com and see what we can do for you. I was shocked by it because uh, I think it was just a knee-jerk cancel culture kind of reaction and they violated my due process. When you get a positive ban, it's supposed to be confidential and they wait for your split to come back and usually takes a few weeks and then then they they announce it but it leaked out immediately i've had this happen to me a couple times it, they just leaks out immediately uh, bob baffert not an ever with churchill downs because suddenly we find out yesterday up uh, uh, there may have been a problem at the Kentucky Derby. And, and of course, the suit is scrambling because I guess he put a lot, all this money on mandolin. And it's like, no, no, no. It's, it's like, oh, man. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells foul. He's not going to get any more money out of it. No more money. So we're going to hear from Lafitte Pinkai Jr., final half hour of the show today. Um... Another no-hitter, Wade Miley. That's four this season. And there was a fifth one by Madison Baumgartner that was seven innings, part of a doubleheader. On April 29th, the Red Sox beat the Mets 1-0. A game featured six hits and 30 strikeouts. Wow. Okay, there are 1,092 more strikeouts right now than hits. That's a first for any month in the history of Major League Baseball. Egad. So there's a lot to address. You know, and what's really bizarre about this whole thing, I look at the players today and I see more talent than ever. I don't know you, Matt. I see, you know, let me take, let me take away the Yankees because they're just all bought and paid guys. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the whole lineup, I mean, I, there's, there's why they're more... still struggling to score runs is beyond me. Well, no, this is what happened. How often have you heard me discuss the words unintended consequences? A lot. Guess what? When they changed the baseball a little bit this year so it wouldn't fly as far, you know, it had marginally fun. You know what they did? They in part raised the seams on the baseball. And guess what that meant? More movement on the pitches. Oh. Did anybody in the room when they decided this bring up that possibility? Of course not. It, 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 you can see now through analytics and the stats, there's more movement on the ball this year than at any time because they raised the seams a bit. 